We say hello to WFAN a little after 6 o'clock on what has been a crazy Thursday. I know uh, the me- I listened to part. I heard a good bit of the uh, Mets conference call. I did not hear the Evan part, which I'm told I will play you that because I heard that Evan uh, asked the question and it got cut off. I don't know what exactly happened. I didn't hear that part. I was gone by then. Uh, but I did hear a lot of it. And, and again, um, I think, as it claims another victim, and, and listen, I, I'm sure a lot of you have already pa- you can't wait to get past this sign stealing stuff, but it now has claimed another victim, the other victim, because clearly, as we know, Beltran had a major role in this. But again, he was a player; he was not a manager or a general manager, which changes things. People say, "How? Well, what do you, here's how it changes things. If you're a player." You have no authority. If the manager tells you to shut it down, you shut it down. If the general manager tells you to shut it down, you shut it down. You're a player. And that's why no players were hit here, but one who became a manager and was no longer a player was mentioned. Now, I had, after doing some, having some conversations last couple of days, I was led to believe that as long as nothing else happened, that was two days ago. As long as nothing else happened, Beltran would stay. I think a couple things did happen. I think they did get some information or some clarity that made his role larger. And I think he probably never feeling comfortable that he was going to be a master at handling the media probably realized that, hey, um, that's going to be a hard part for me anyway. Now it's going to be an impossible part for me. So this isn't going to work out. So I think all that happened. There were reports that players, some players weren't happy with him providing leadership. I don't know that that played a big factor or not. It doesn't matter now. None of it matters now. He's gone. So it's over. Now, again, it's my understanding that it was not a big topic of conversation when he got hired because it hadn't happened yet. So after the scandal happened, I'm sure they had conversations. After the scandal broke, at the winter meetings, I'm sure they had conversations with him. And I don't know then. That should have been the person somebody posted today. After the scandal broke, I'm sure you went to Carlos. What did he say then? And we know you didn't say anything to him immediately in the interview process, but he's still your manager. Now, two weeks later, the scandal breaks. What happened when the scandal break? You said, Carlos, what's going on here, right? I don't know if anyone asked that. I didn't hear that part. If anyone asked that question, but that would seem to make some sense. But the bottom line is, he wasn't comfortable with staying. They weren't comfortable with him, and now they got to get another manager. Does it look good? No. Whenever you change a manager before he manages a game, but let's be honest, this was a manager who's untested, who has no experience managing, and the biggest thing the Mets used for the reason why he was going to be the manager was his, the respect he commanded in the game. That had obviously been damaged. So the biggest thing he brought was now gone. And his weakness, which was going to be handling the New York media, became a what well, was going to be a nightmare. Now, I firmly believe he was not going to be sanctioned and isn't going to be sanctioned, number one. And I firmly believe 
that if the Mets had, you know, firmed it up and just stiffened up their backbone and had Carlos go out there and face the questions for two hours and just battle through it, they could get past this. But it wasn't going to be easy, and it was going to be it was going to take a couple of days of tough sledding with the media to do it. And I don't think he was up for that. I don't I don't think that's his strength. I never thought it was strict. I never thought he was good with the media to begin with. So he's always been very, very quiet and very shy. So I, I didn't think that was going to be uh, something he was going to be good at anyway. And so now we're left with the Mets looking for a manager and obviously uh, the end of the Beltron reign before it starts. Has this happened before? Yeah, it's happened a couple of times. It happened to Wally Backman, as you know. because Why? Because he did not disclose information that came out and – it was ugly information, and then they fired him because of that uh, with Arizona. So we know that was the case. Now, they met the uh, media today through the conference call, which I never loved the conference calls anyway because they're kind of awkward. But here was Jeff Wilpon talking about uh, Carlos and the investigation. We heard from sources, commissioner's office, et cetera, that Carlos was not going to be suspended. I think the change was when the report did come out, uh, how prominent he was in it. And I have been told if they found that he was more prominent than they originally thought, that was going to be the end. I think that did happen. He uh, was Brody on the timeline. On Wednesday morning, Jeff and I met with members of the commissioner's office in Manhattan. Following that meeting, Jeff and I flew to Port St. Lucie to meet with Carlos, where he was holding meetings with his coaching staff. This morning, Jeff and I again met with Carlos and came to this difficult conclusion. Here's Jeff on uh, about. Here's Jeff about Carlos's involvement. We didn't know when the commissioner's report was going to come out. It's not like the commissioner's office has to call me and tell me, "Hey, this report is coming out." So we got the report the same time anybody else did, and what we were asked to do is ask Carlos to participate in the investigation, which we did, and we were asked to make sure that Carlos talked to the commissioner's office in a truthful way, which we asked him to do, and we we believe he did. Brody on uh, why Beltran was the right guy to begin with. This is a person that we, we grew to know, or I grew to know, I grew to like, and obviously in choosing him in the first, first place, this was a person that we believed was the best person to, to lead our team. Brody on 2017. Disappointing that, that the game had to suffer through what, what apparently happened in, in 2017. Uh, as, we, as we look to our club... We have, to, we have to think about distractions. We have to think, more importantly, about focus. And we have to think about how we put ourselves in the best position to win going forward. And if you're a person who thinks Brody's overmatched in this job, I thought Brody was overmatched in this job last year. Now I'm sure you think Brody was overmatched in this job. So this is going to be the guy he brings in now is really going to be a very, very big hire for Brody, especially when you realize that there is a big money owner that is lurking in the shadows, okay? Here's uh, Brody on the best interest of the club. This isn't a fun day, and it, uh, it's one that, that we wish we didn't have to be in, but the decision that, that uh, both sides came to today is, has one, one purpose. It's to do what we think is, it, is best for the club going forward. All right, I didn't hear the Evan part, but let's listen. Go ahead. Your next question comes from the line of Evan Roberts. Your line is open. Hey, Brody. I also got my friend Joe with me, too. Say hi, Joe. 
Hi. Hi, Brody. Yes. Um, everybody talked about the Astros cheating. Like, it was out there that there was some ru- some rumblings that they were doing something in 2017. When you're sitting there for eight hours with Carlos Beltran, how does that not come up just out of curiosity when you're interviewing him for such an important position like being the manager of the Mets? It's important to remember the timeline, and that's why, that's why I led with that today, is that when we were going through our interview process in October – there weren't rumblings, or certainly we hadn't heard rumblings and were not aware of any rumblings about what was happening, you know, with any particular team. You know, in, in, you know I, I started on the job in November of 2018, and at the general manager meetings, you know, this was a topic, the, uh, the importance of modifying the rules for, uh, for you know, Technology was something that was talked about, and, and the commissioner made it clear that uh, that using technology for for not to be tolerated. Uh, you know what happened or what rumblings? I certainly had no factual basis for anything until until uh, this process played itself out. But, but everyone else had heard that. I mean, players had talked about it. Other teams from from the line of this I don't know who cut him off or what, but Evan was making a fair point. I think that, listen, I don't think it was a hot-button issue when they first met with him, but clearly, two weeks later, it's a huge issue. So the question should be phrased, hey, when the story breaks, right, which was, I think, the second, you know, two weeks later, or three weeks later when the story breaks uh, in the Atlantic when it did, all right. Um, how about then you have to go to your manager and say, hey, what went on there? What's your role in all this? And let's see if this is going to fly. Then you had to know. I mean, then you had to know. Instead of just telling them to go be truthful to baseball, you got to sit down and have a meeting with them about, hey, we got to know exactly what happened here and where we are. So... Two days ago, I got the idea they were trying to keep him. But they did make it very clear that they were waiting to make sure there was no shoe that was going to drop and that if any information came out that was damning, he was gone. And I gather that's what happened here in the last 48, 24 to 48 hours. I also think that this became something where Beltran, who, like I said, was going to have some struggles with the media anyway. That's not his strength. Now realized this was going to be nightmarish. And maybe even as a sensitive guy, which I always got the idea he was, maybe the criticism he was receiving with people asking for him to, you know, you know if you've been watching MLB Network or watching some show and you got to, you know, an ex-player or an ex-manager or some prominent baseball figure saying, he's got to quit, he's got to quit, he's got to quit. Maybe that impacted Beltran. It might have. So, again, it doesn't matter now whether the Mets had enough of Beltran or Beltran had enough of the whole situation. It doesn't matter. What matters is he's gone, and they need to get a new manager and get the right one and get past this nonsense. Now, I don't know where baseball is with this thing because you keep hearing rumblings that there's more teams involved. And remember, 
I've seen a lot of stuff about how everybody knew since 17 this was going on. If everybody knew since 17 this was going on, why'd the Yankees hire him in 18? And he, remember, he spent time with the Yankees. Why would why did that happen? So I don't know who knew what. And the Yankees aren't under investigation here. So, I mean, but the point is, this guy had a job and, and supposedly was a, one of the leading candidates to get the Yankee job. So I don't think everybody knew that long ago that he was, you know, dirty in this whole thing because he was considered the top candidate for the Yankee job. Which surprised me at the time. Everyone talking about how great he interviewed and how impressive he was and blah, 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 and this and that and this and that. So you got to remember all that. And I also think a lot of people and a lot of fans have short memories because, hey, it's not like everybody's house is in order here. Whether you're a Red Sox fan, whether you're a Yankee fan, if you're a Yankee fan, you won championships with players who were obviously dirty with steroids. You don't have a problem with that. I don't see anybody giving back any of the titles that happened because of that. I don't see any Red Sox fans giving back titles that they won with guys like, you know, Manny Ramirez. And the Yankees, how many guys did they have who hit home runs and won games pitching who used steroids? A bunch. So let's not be holier than thou about everything. You know, I really wanted to hear Evan's follow-up, but uh, it got cut off uh, too bad. But uh, how funny was that the way he introduced the show? And Hey, hey say, hello to, say hello to my uh, guy Joe here. Joe, say hello. What's Let me hear that again one more time. Your next question comes from the line of Evan Roberts. Your line is open. Hey, Brody. I also got my friend Joe with me, too. Say hi, Joe. Hi. Hi, Brody. Yes. Um. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's great. Hi, Brody. Uh, hey, it's like pulling teeth. Uh, all right, so who gets the job? Um, listen, Mullins was a serious candidate for the Yankees. Uh, he learned under Bruce Boshi. He's a guy that they thought of a lot, they had a lot of respect for. Eduardo Perez, obviously, is going to be mentioned. Uh, Bogar, Murphy, Rojas. So they got plenty of guys there. Um, I don't think they, I don't think they want a buck because I don't think Brody wants a buck because there's no, there's no collaborative with Buck. Okay, Buck's in charge as he should be. Buck's Buck. I mean, you know. Is Brody going to go in there to Buck's office at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and tell Buck who to play? I mean, come on now. Okay? Brody wants his hand in, 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 in the stew. He wants, to, he wants to throw some ingredients in there and mix. Okay? So he wants collaborative, which is one of the reasons why he picked a manager who had no experience. He's going to want a guy who's going to say, hey, uh, I want you to be ready for that, you know, 2 o'clock meeting with all of us, including all the, you know, guys with the iPads and all the uh, guys with the slide rules. We want to meet with all them. So we want to have a, you know, two-hour collab. We want to have an hour collaborative meeting every afternoon about the lineup that night. Uh, that's not happening with Buck Showalter. 
Okay. Buck's going to say, listen, I'll tell you what. When he's got the lineup, I'll slip it under my, your door. All right? The, don't call me. So that, that, that's why if Buck's going to Houston, I can see that. Hey, Buck was Houston. Houston will be a very tough out. That's all there is to it. That's still a very talented team. And if he goes there, and I hope he does, because I think it'd be good for Buck. So I think Buck's going to land on his feet with this, which is good. I think, I think Buck should get a job. I think it's good. I, th- I think it's good if he does. I think Buck's good for baseball. I think he's a good manager. I think he'd be really good with a top team. I think he'll do a very good job. So I think that's the case. But for the Mets, they're going to go with one of these guys who hasn't managed. I think that's pretty sure because they want, as they stressed from the beginning, they want collaborative. In other words, they don't want a guy who's going to say, and that's why they didn't hire Girardi. They didn't hire Girardi is because they didn't want a guy who's got enough of a resume and a mind of his own who's going to manage the team his way. They want to have meetings about everything. They want to have collaboration on the lineup. They want test lineups. They want to discuss how this game's going to unfold tonight. So here's how we un- – let's unfold the game this way tonight. Let's talk, go through our permutations with the, with the bullpen this way. Now let's go with that the game unfolds this way. Let's go with the permutations with the bullpen this way. Okay, let's give you scenario C with the bullpen tonight. And they want to do all this every night uh, and have this collaborative. So – that's not going to happen with a Girardi. It's especially not going to happen with a Socia or a Buck Showalter. So that's why you're going to wind up with a Bam Bam. Who Listen, I think clearly he has paid his dues and he's ready to be a manager. So, I mean, that would not surprise. Perez would not surprise. Any of the guys I mentioned would not surprise. So any one of them could wind up being the manager. Um, listen, I think this... The Mets are not involved in this from any sign-stealing thing at all. The only thing they did was they hired a guy who was clearly one of the architects as a player of the sign-stealing whole, you know, the whole thing that came down, the whole grand scheme. You know, Belchan was clearly a major player in it. So that's where they got involved. They're not one of the teams, no question, they're not one of the teams being mentioned. No one has said that they are. I don't know who the other teams are. I mean, I don't think they're the Yankees or the Mets. I don't even know if there is another team. There's just rumors that there's other teams. Uh, so I think once they name a manager, they get past this. The only thing is, this manager now has got to get off to a good start for Brody because Brody's the guy who's going to take the hit here because he could have hired Joe Girardi. He could have gone out and hired a highly capable manager and it would have been no headache. And the Mets fans are not going to forget this. So they need a fast thought. They get a fast thought. This manager looks like he knows how to handle a bullpen. They're not making crazy you know, decisions during the game. Then I think the Mets fan will be uh, you know, placated and will be in enough of a position to say, okay, listen, we landed on our feet. We're okay. And if the guy gets off to a fair start, you'll have people saying, wow, I think we lucked out. We got the right guy for the job. Because I think there were people who wondered whether Beltran was going to be good anyway because he was untested. And wondering if he was going to be able to handle being a manager in, in a media circus like New York. Because the one thing about him is clearly he was extremely highly uh, respected. And players came to the team. I mean, when players say 
I want to play for, for Beltran. I believe that. There were players that wanted to play for him. He was going to be able to draw free agents. There's no question. There were players that want to play with him. He is highly respected. So there's no question he's, he's a good baseball man. He was a very classy player, and he's highly respected. Did he take a hit here? Yes. Is it one that he can overcome in life? I think he can. I, I really think he can. So what, he, he rigged a, you know, he rigged a sign-stealing deal. Everyone will live. Did they take a hit? Yes. The difference, though, is if you're a player, you dabble with that. That's one thing. But you can't run it without having the powers that be condone it. You can't run that kind of technical, sophisticated system without having the people who run the franchise being a part of it. I'm not talking owner. I'm talking general manager, which is why he's gone, manager, why he's gone. And there's no way to touch the players because, listen, this is not playing. You're not, this is not summer camp and we're handing out trophies. These guys are playing to feed their families. They're playing to stay on the grand stage, and it's a struggle every day to do that. Some of them are playing to stay there. Some of them are playing to break into the lineup. Some of them are playing to become great. There's performance anxiety every step of the way. This is a business to them. This is not you know, summer camp, and you get a, a ribbon for participating. It's the real deal. So you know teams are going to do anything, and that's not going to change. Everyone knows that. They're going to have a quest. They're always going to have a quest to gain an edge. And there's always this fine line, and I always find it comical, there's this fine line between what is considered gamesmanship and what is considered cheating. And everyone has a different place where they put the line. So if a guy's got a hot water bottle or a thing of Vaseline in his pocket, is it cheating? If the Super Bowls come out of the bat, is it cheating? If the catcher scrapes the ball on his uh, shin guard, is it cheating? If I steal the sign, is it cheating? If I use technology and put cameras in places they're not supposed to be and infringe on privacy and infringe on competitive balance. Is that cheating? I would say yes. But am I surprised that somebody would try to get an edge in a business that is that demanding and that cutthroat where there is that fine line between success and failure? That fine line between staying and going, not being able to stay up there, not being able to make it up there, not being able to make a living there. Very fine line. Remember, this is not Little League. And as far as championships go, use the Patriots as an example. We know what they did. Going back, we know what they did. Were those championships tainted? Yes. Were they tarnished or invalidated? Tarnished, maybe. Invalidated, no way. They still stand. They were not invalidated. And nor will Houston's be. And nor would anybody who didn't win it on the field 
think that they should somehow be awarded anything when they don't win it on the field. You can't expect anybody to give you something. Like, come on. And again, remember, make sure your house is in order when it comes to that too, which means that you've never had any players who did anything outside the law, outside the rules of the sport to gain an advantage, which you know goes on all the time. Do I think somebody would try this again? Absolutely. That's why baseball, I think, has to hit hard and hit because I think people look for an edge anywhere they can get it. I think people will still look for edge with drugs if they can get it. I think people will still look for edges anywhere they can get it in these sports because there's huge, there's fame and there's fortune and there's huge amount of money to be won and riches and fame and everything that goes with it that is there if you're successful. So any little edge that can just gain you 2%, 5%, whatever it gives you, whatever edge it gives you, you're going you're gonna to do anything for that edge because that's the business they've chosen. It's highly competitive. It's insanely competitive. Hard is to be good at what they do. And think about it. We're in a country of 300 plus million people and there's a handful of people who do this well. So you know how tough it is, and you know how, how tight the line is, how minuscule the line is between winning and losing and success and failure and hitting 300 and hitting 210. It just, uh, that small, razor's edge. And that's why you have to be, you know, very vigilant if you baseball. And they have been. I mean, they moved quickly on this, and they moved firmly on this, and they warned them, and they hit them. And they've seen, you've seen now a lot of guys walk the plank or have their careers thwarted, at least for a while. Tomorrow it'll be football. I promise you it will not be any more sign stealing. It'll be AFC, NFC, title games. We'll see you tomorrow morning early with the five-minute warning, then at radio.com at 5, and then on the fan at 6. Enjoy your Thursday night, everybody.